episode seven a very very warm welcome to the really bad podcast how are you guys adam and lisa how are you yeah good good what you guys been up to i've had a stressful day today at work very stressful day and i had my car emptied and it was expensive oh man tell us about your red neck lise oh i've got stress neck so because i got so stressed at work <laughs> i get stress neck which is comes up all red and blotchy and itchy and then i get more stressed because it's all red and itchy Oh, what? So you don't you don't touch it? You don't touch your neck and it goes. No, it just gets where I get like anxious, like not really anxious, but like sort of a bit agitated. It just comes up in like patches and gets really red. Oh. So I took an antihistamine. I'll probably put some calamine on it later. Dab that on. So for everyone who's joining the show for the first time, Lisa loves to overshare. <laughs> That's overshare number one. I kind of led her into that. There it was a bit mean to me. With a really bad podcast, this is just three mates getting together and talking everything about mental health. So we've got Adam, Adam, and Lisa. I'm Adam number one. We've got Adam A1, because he's better than me. And then we've got Lisa. Wow. Good recovery after calling yourself Adam number <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Good get out. Yeah, you like that? So, Harves, what do we do with the Brave and Determined Company? What do we do? Brave and Determined Company is a not-for-profit clothing uh, and accessory, now brand. Simply put, we're on a mission to improve the mental health of the whole world, but starting in North Dorset. We share our profits with mental health charities, projects and organisations, as well as subsidising counselling sessions for individuals. Don't think we intend to stop there, really, do we, Ad? Well, we decided in a car park outside a CrossFit gym that we were going to do this, and the world was our oyster, and we talked about this just before Christmas last year and decided we were going to do it. We were going to be brave and determined and start the brave and determined company, and here we are a couple of months later, and we're absolutely smashing it, loving life, aren't we? Doing really, really well, and we're donating as much as money as we can out of any profitability we make to charities, and like Harv says to individuals who need their help and need our help to uh, get counseling or, or anything you know in the fitness world that they can do to improve their their mental health so it's a really really cool thing we decided off the back of the brave and determined company that the three of us were really good mates and we should start the really bad podcast and here we are we're on episode seven already and and uh, we've you know decided this is one of the best parts of our week now isn't it love it so talking about this week what's going on halves you've got some exciting news this week there's lots of things going on in your world is there yeah no there is uh so we've got some exciting <laughs> news uh about the podcast first and foremost because... oh well first and foremost i was talking about your personal life and what's happening Ooh. on saturday oh well i was going to get to that but we'll start with the person so on yeah on saturday night um nay and i celebrate our it's actually our 11th wedding anniversary but we're celebrating our 10th I don't know if you guys heard, but there was this pandemic. Oh, was there? Yeah, and that so that cancelled it last year. So it's 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 our eleventh, but we're calling it our tenth, and yeah, we're celebrating that on Saturday night with uh, all our friends. So very excited about that. Looking forward to it. And very very huge congratulations from all of us. Yay! I mean, that's yeah. a massive a massive achievement in uh, in it's this a world. We are in. Yeah, absolutely. To get that far in marriage. I think it's more of an achievement for Naomi than it is for me. Well, I didn't want to say that, but yeah, yeah, she's done well. She's done well. So yeah, there's your party going on. So that's going to be cool. And then we've got some good news. On the pod? Yeah. We are going to be on the radio. The podcast is going to be on the radio twice a week on, on Alfred. Top bloke Kerry sorted us out with that. Uh, we had a little meeting earlier in the week, so that's all going ahead. I think he's going to show, uh, play it a couple of times a week, and it'll also be available to download through their podcast system as well. So uh, more exposure for us, which is brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, and we're hoping that that sort of grows and grows and grows. Kerry's been really cool and said he'd take us on board and, and start playing it on um, Alfred FM. 
and you know putting it on his podcast as well and then hopefully we can get picked up by other people so that we can start talking to the entire world as we already do as we know from our updates every week of we've got some new <laughs> listeners we got some new <gasps> listeners and uh yeah it's gonna be really cool so a really 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 good thing moving forward do you want to do the listeners now yes yeah so have a guess it's we're talking we're talking europe sweden sweden that's a good guess it's a really good guess but no poland <laughs> no I mean, you're basically just naming European countries. No. Well, that, that's how when someone says guess a country yeah. in Europe, that's, that's pretty much the only method I've got. So we got a new listener in um, Spain, in Valencia, which is really cool. And we got someone in Amsterdam as well. We, we also need to give a shout out to one of our Instagram followers, who is John Radar 82 from CrossFit in Southampton, because he was listening in Grand Canaria. So we got a he listener was in. Holiday, yeah, yeah, exactly. Tagged us in that. So that's really cool. So we got some new listeners. We've also got some bad news with this episode. With this episode, and that is there is going to be no podcast next week because unfortunately I'm on holiday. Don't know if you guys knew that. I'm going to Lanzarote for a week. Are you going to listen to our? podcast while you're in Lanzarote I might listen to it repeatedly you know over and over again so on the map it shows we've got like 50 downloads in uh, in the Canary Islands so this episode we're doing now episode 7 is going to go out on the 29th of May and then episode 8 will come out on the 12th of June because we're tying that in between my holiday and your holiday lease aren't we so we've got a quick yes. just swing in there and get that I'd just done. like to go on record and say that clearly I'm the only one that's committed to the cause and not going on <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. You can record on your own half. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Could you imagine how that would go? <laughs> I reckon it would be a good listen. I think it must be really, it makes you realise how hard it is for radio presenters, doesn't it? To like talk to themselves, but talk to listeners all the time. Because we talk to each other. We've got someone like answering, but if you're a radio presenter or a DJ. A, DJ, a superstar DJ. <laughs> you've got no one answering you. So cliffhanger from episode six. Do we remember what that was? Was it the competition in Weymouth? Yeah, we entered the Jurassic Park throwdown at CrossFit. <laughs> there was, I was, there was a dinosaur skull there, though, wasn't there? Like that was the yeah, the, Scully. The, yeah, Scully. The winner got Scully, which I really wanted. But anyway, that oh, I've, I've ruined it now. I've ruined it now. I've told everyone <laughs> we didn't win. So, Lise, how did we do? So there were four teams from CrossFit Shaftesbury entered, which was quite a good showing. Really Brilliant. good. Team Shafters, who is our coaches, Core and Chris and Robin Bex. They did the best. They came ninth, which was Fantastic. amazing because there was some there were some athletes there, weren't there? There were some machines there, weren't you know? there? <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt more out of my depth than in the uh, bench press and squat ward because I was like, <laughs> they were warming up with my max. So I was like, okay. There was a guy there who was bench pressing 140 kilos, and bearing in mind, I can't even deadlift that, so I can't I even lift off the floor what that guy was putting on his chest it's crazy. ridiculous yeah so yeah so they came ninth halves team did the best out of our slot with uh, they came 14th we came 16th and then the other team fran johnny mel and my brother came 18th awesome effort from everyone wasn't it it was good yeah there was some stiff competition what i like about that Lisa, is you haven't mentioned how many teams there were so we'll just no. leave it they came 18 just leave it at that yeah could have been thousands of teams. Yeah, there was thousands of teams. Um, but I think we've got to give a massive shout out to CrossFit Weymouth because what a comp. It was brilliant, yeah, wasn't it? It, it was, was well fantastic. put on, really well organised. The judges are amazing. Everyone's support was amazing. And big shout out to the winning team who were from CrossFit Pool, Team Updog. Team Updog. 
Yeah, brilliant. They were brilliant. I'm still amazed at the fact that the guy, is his name Floyd Simmons, who owns CrossFit Ball. I thought he was like 28. He's a Masters athlete. I'm still like, I'm still not over that. <laughs> but he was incredible. And those guys had some awesome T-shirts on because they had like the tie-dye cut-off yeah. T-shirts. And I was like in awe of the T-shirts they were wearing. I was like, oh, And denim shorts. I mean, anyone who can win a comp in denim shorts. Yeah, exactly. Fair play. But yeah, awesome athletes. Awesome day. Really, really cool. And I think, you know, I just want to quickly touch on something that the three of us have been talking about. And, you know, we've had a, not not negative feedback, but we've had some feedback about our Instagram feed about people saying that, oh, it's a bit too much CrossFit. It's a bit too much, you know, you guys exercising. And we, we've got to be honest and say the Brave and Determined Company was, was we couldn't have done it. With, we couldn't have launched this without... CrossFit and CrossFit Shaftesbury especially because we've had so much support from the guys who own it which is Chris and Core and all the guys who come and everyone helped us with the fundraise with the um the crowdfunder when we first started it I hope that people see on our Instagram feed and we've been really conscious about putting this sort of stuff on there of what we get out of CrossFit and why we do it and you'll see picture after picture of people hugging each other people cheering each other on and the the sense of community and belonging and that everyone, no matter what your ability, was welcome at CrossFit Weymouth on Saturday is the reason we do CrossFit. And if anyone out there is struggling to find some belonging, some community, but yet they want to get fit, go to CrossFit. Wherever you are in the world, go knock on a door, you know, be brave and determined, walk in and, and see how you go. And you will make so many friends and so many people will support you. It's an amazing thing. And I, I think I just wanted to make that clear now. And that's why our Instagram feed is a lot about CrossFit because it's a really, really cool place. And a massive part of, like we said before, it's a massive part of our recovery, isn't it? Like, you know, it's Absolutely. helped us all through some really tough times so absolutely and another quick shout out to some of the guys who are at the the comp on saturday frontline coffee decent coffee they do a lot for um certain charities and i thought they were really cool guys there was a local clothing company there that um their their box is actually crossfit weymouth which were grind they were cool my wife bought some of their stuff and big shout out to shutterwood for shutterwood photography because his pictures were just bang on. It was fantastic, wasn't it? Incredible. It must be so hard to take pictures like that of people moving, in at, like the speed that people are going, and to get photos like that and capture that moment. Well, I mean, you see the, the faces on people, you know, like me. Yeah. <laughs> in, I'm, doing, I'm doing a wall ball and one of them, and my face is just totally screwed up. Mel was saying, Mel Mitchell, she was saying that there was like a picture from the side of when she was ben bench pressing and her T-shirt sort of slightly across and showing a little <laughs> bit too much of her chest. Bit of the old side boob. <laughs> yeah. So they're not, some of the photos aren't the, the nicest, are they? Heather was saying that her face was totally screwed up on a rower as well at one point but but it captures the, the like rawness of it doesn't it and like what it is if you're smiling you're not doing it properly are you exactly but I, and if you know the photographer <laughs> is there you're not doing it properly because you're absolutely on it aren't you and you i wouldn't even know there's a photographer taking pictures of me you know definitely right harv something from episode six that i want to ask you do you remember we were talking about the one piece of advice? I said never dive into murky water. At least you said only go to sunny festivals. <laughs> you know, I think that's a good life advice. Harves, what was yours? You said give you a week. So here we are. Yeah, well, I think I think um, Lisa's was very niche, um, but good advice <laughs> nonetheless. And, and yours was quite quite broad. I'd never dive into murky water. So I actually, for for once in my life, I would give a serious answer or two serious answers actually. One is never make decisions when you're angry. Oh, that's that a good one. Way. 
I think I learned that through a lot of failure and making decisions. Well, I don't think anger is the only emotion to to apply to that. I think don't make decisions when you're in any emotional state, positive or negative. Just give yourself time. And the other one, and this is this is comes from the Brave and Determined Company, is is don't wait for the perfect time to start something, because you'll never start it. You just got to sometimes grab it by the horns and go for it, haven't you? So I appreciate they're quite serious, but um, yeah, that's that's where it's going to be for me this week. I am all about being serious. I like it. I like it. We still want to have a laugh though, Harv. So don't um. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. for the people who couldn't see, there was like absolute poker face then. And then Lee, something I wanted to just mention from because I listened back to episode six and I listened to it a couple <laughs> of times because you know I want us to get better at what we do, and so I kind of listened to it and think, oh, we could have scripted that better. We could have done this. And I mean, we don't really have a script. We got bullet points only we talk through. But you said in episode six, one of your life goals is to have a black Nando's card. So I just want to convert. Is that actually one of your life goals? Yeah. Okay, cool. And also, I'd like to point out as well, a point that Dave did raise. They do give you reward points as well. So when you go, if you spend over £7, you get a chilli and you collect your chilies. So you don't just, ah. you know, you can't, there's other ways to get free Nando's. So you collect your chilies and you get like a free side or a free burger or free meal. So that's what I was asking. And I didn't realise that, I mean, you went straight to the extreme of yeah, no, I what a black Nando's card. <laughs> I meant, you know, is there a points thing, you know? Yeah, so there is a reward scheme. <laughs> How many times have you been to Nando's this week? Uh, not yet. I haven't been yet this week. No. When are you going? I'm hoping Sunday because, you know, get withdrawal. Another shout out I think we should do is Bow Babe. Deb James, um, I think most people will know who Deb James is. She is 100% brave and determined, and she helped us out a huge amount when we first started. We sent her a t-shirt because she's brave and determined, and I think that she needed recognition from what she was going through and all the good work she's done since being diagnosed with bowel cancer in 2016. She put that t-shirt on and posted it on her Instagram and our following, you know, went crazy. And since then, unfortunately, she's been told that, you know, her cancer is now unsurvivable and she doesn't know how much time she's got left. So she started a Just Given page for cancer research and she's so far raised six and a half million pounds for cancer research, which is just insane. And there's some roses as well, now isn't there, from the Chelsea Flower Show. They're selling roses and in the style have got a new range coming out tonight, I think, which will be Thursday. But yeah, so there's profits from that are going. I've ordered my rebellious hope t-shirt. Ordered Nay one of those t-shirts. Mine should come tomorrow, I hope. And um, she's also got a book out called How to Live When You Could Be Dead. And for every sale on that, £3 goes to Cancer Research. And you can pre-order that. And that is out mid-August. So I'm definitely going to buy one of those because um, I love a good book anyway. But just wanted to give a shout out to her and say massive thank you for what she did for us. And a massive thank you to what she's done for everyone who is out there yeah. suffering from from the horrible condition that she is. It's been amazing. So, yeah, massive shout out to her. And if anyone can support her, please go and do it. You know, that would be really cool. Right, so moving on from that, we need to just give a shout out to our to everyone about our website. So our web address is um, www.badco.uk. Um, please go on there and have a look at all our apparel. We do loads of cool stuff on there. You can access our podcast through there, but obviously you're accessing it for whatever platform you're listening to this now. So that was a bit pointless me saying that. And one thing that we've got to tell everyone is free shipping over 50 quid. So if you spend 50 pounds on our website, you get free shipping. So please go and have a look 
and if you can support us that would be really cool all of our prof profits go to helping people with, with their mental health journeys and mental health charities we have had an influx of orders so there is a slight backlog on getting our deliveries out but we're still there we're still smashing it so please get your orders in that'd be really cool and send us your photos if you've ordered your apparel wherever you are in the world send us a picture of you wearing whatever you've got and um, and we'll tag you in on our story so that would be really cool you can contact us at the brave and determined company at gmail.com 300 to 300 do we quickly need to talk about that no because i'm trying not to think about it i oh, know it's the <laughs> the closer we're getting to it the harder it feels like it's going to be so halves what are we doing what you two decided we're doing i think i still need to sort of jump home that i had no influence over what we're actually doing whatsoever so do you want to know why we're doing it first or or how we're doing it? Both. Okay, the why, it's a fundraiser. It's uh, We're going to do 300 of something to raise £300 to put 300 people into into counselling, which is awesome. And it's something that Ad has to take the credit for because it's, it's something he created and came up with, which is, is remarkable. What we're doing, our 300, and this is, this is true. This isn't, I'm not making this up. This is what we've actually decided to do. 300 burpees, 300 calories on the assault bike, and 300 squats We're, yeah i can't even say it <laughs> come on at least you say it with a 10k weighted vest 20k are you going 20k are you going 10 i'm going 10 i think mine's 20 so i'll just wear that one um, it looks like yeah. a bulletproof vest and you look super cool wearing it don't you but we're doing that on the 18th of june so if anyone wants to come and join us come and do it um if anyone wants to give us money to help those 300 people with the early intervention life-saving counseling give us some money and that'd be really cool wouldn't it i'm looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're really looking forward to it questions from this week so i've got to do my little ditty haven't i ready yeah ba -da -ba 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 question so our first question because we've got two this week which we're going to cover but our first question came from the lovely charlie og charlie at our box and she's asked to find out she wants to know how did we take the steps that we took to get into counseling what was it like and what did each session feel like okay that's a good question and i think the first thing we need to explain with that is why we call her og charlie so she's the original there's a lot of charlies at our box and she was the original charlie charlie coward yeah original gangster charlie so that's why she's og charlie og charlie right who wants to go first i'll go first if you like because i believe the first part of the question was how did you first access counseling was it yeah what steps did you take to to kind of get to see a counselor yeah i mean the steps that i took were kind of enforced upon me really in a way it was like i said in the in the last week's episode it was through the doctor surgery and through the mental health team in the doctor surgery that got me in with the first first time i saw a counselor and like i said before it took me a couple of different counselors to make it stick and make it work but yeah i, I was fortunate enough to be guided through the nhs into that process and then since then I've seen different counsellors about, about different things privately um, and that has just come by um, through recommendation. So what was it like? In the first instance, it was, it was difficult. It was challenging mainly because I and I think a lot of people feel this, didn't really think I should be there. Didn't really know what the point of it was, um, why I was there and didn't believe I had a problem that they were going to fix. It took some effort to go. But once I did, and once you know you get a couple down, you start seeing the benefits or feeling the benefits, and developing that relationship, um, it's a lot easier to go back. But it, you know, it, it does take a few for me anyway. It took a few sessions to um, to realise it was going to have a positive impact on me. What did it feel like afterwards, after the session? Uh, well, once once I was into it, I mean, it was brilliant. There was two 
two aspects um, that, that really resonate with me. One was just purely the, the talking and being able to talk because I, I don't know if there's any science behind it, but when you've got something in your head, it can it can rattle around and cause you lots of problems. But yeah, when you say it, it releases pressure. It's like a valve being released. You're getting getting the words out and you're sharing your problem. So that that's the talking element. And another aspect of the counselling I went through was I think what they would call exposure therapy. So you've got an issue, you've got a problem, you've got a, a challenge, um, and they gently come up with ways to expose you to those things that, that cause you problems um, and cause you issues. So we worked for a program of doing that and I was able to, to do the thing that I didn't want to do. Can you give us an example? Yeah, so when I was first in the council, my anxiety was absolutely like through the roof to the point where I basically woke up having panic attacks and went to sleep having panic attacks and I wouldn't even call them attacks because it lasted all day it was just a state I was in and I couldn't even walk around the supermarket at one point I wrote about it in my blog I called it Tescoophobia where if I did manage to go into the supermarket I would be clinging on to a trolley even if I needed one thing I would take a trolley because holding onto that trolley grounded me to something it was some kind of support because my eyes would be blurry my heart would be racing um, I wouldn't be able to concentrate and it was it was really really difficult so that was one scenario that I needed to work back into and the counsellors really did help with that so it would be a case of all right you don't want to go into a really busy place well let's go in there when it's not so busy uh, later later time in the day just pop in and out 10 minutes and then you build up and then you end up going in you know five o'clock on a Friday or whatever when it's really busy and spending a lot of time in there but it's just incremental uh, incremental change so yeah, for me, I couldn't even go into a supermarket at my uh, at my lowest or at my worst. And um, now I still hate them, but for entirely different reasons. Huh. I was just going to ask, do you still feel that now when you get out of the car and you're walking towards a busy supermarket on a Saturday morning? How does it make you feel? No, I don't really because I've got used to it and I, obviously nothing bad happens. Uh, I guess that's the lesson you learn. But I will say I'm still apprehensive about really busy environments. I don't enjoy them, particularly if you if it's very crowded and you haven't got a good line of sight and you can't see what's, what's going on. Um, I don't think I'm alone in that. I don't think that's particularly abnormal, you know, busy, busy crowded places can be quite difficult and overwhelming. I guess it's more about the number of people in one place for me rather than the, um, a particular, like a supermarket or what, whatever the building is. Did they kind of get to the root cause of what was making you so anxious or was it just a lot of different things? No, I mean, I, I think it was my, brain if you like reacting to a number of events that happened in a short period of time and it manifested in anxiety for some people it's depression for some people it's it doesn't register at all in various different things so I, I wouldn't say there were any particular moments that were making me anxious as such it was it was more of a general thing it was suppressing what was going on in my life for so long that in the end it just caught up with me um, and it manifested its way in in the shape of severe anxiety and in turn the anxiety manifested its way in in the physical sense so it was lots of twitching and blinking and fidgeting and weird breathing patterns and sweating and because uh, i do sweat all those sort of things i never knew that i didn't know you sweated i do yeah yeah every now and then even doing the washing up from the picture your wife sent us the other day <laughs> it was a hot day and the hot it was a hot bowl of washing up because you've got to, you, you've got to have hot water. There's no point washing up if you're not, you know, if you're not boiling your hands. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yeah, that that's that's kind of me. That's my counselling story. It got me from um, from being absolutely petrified and scared shitless about going into busy places to to being able to do it and like it was normal. 
So what about you, Lise? So I think I got to a point, like we said last week, you get to a point where it just all becomes too much. And I was lucky that my best friend obviously realised something was a bit wrong. And she sort of said to me, I've been to see this guy. He really helped me out. Maybe you could benefit from just going to see him as well. Because I was kind of just at a point where I was, you know, there's a lot going on in my relationship. It's getting quite toxic. And I was like, I was so anxious about everything. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't eating. I wasn't concentrating at work. And I just, I just didn't know what to do. And I, I mean, I think in a way you do know what to do. Like you say, you know, you need help. You know, something needs to change. But I just didn't know what that was. Um, and I kind of, I felt like, although I've got a lot of friends and I'm close to my family, I was aware that I didn't really want to talk about my relationship problems because if things, if we didn't break up and we stayed together, I didn't want them to judge what was going on and take that with them forward. Do you know what I mean? Like I kind of wanted to keep it separate. And also, you know, you kind of worry that everyone else has got their own problems. And I thought, I don't really want to worry them with mine because they seemed quite trivial at the time. So Lindsay kind of said, well, go and see Jeff. He was brilliant with me. So I contacted him and he kind of suggested we have an initial meeting, which he doesn't charge for, which I thought was really, you know, really good just to see whether one, we gelled together and two, whether he could help with what my problems were. Um, so I sent him an email when like I said to you earlier, I found it this morning. Um, and one of the like the last line on it, it said, I typed it up, it said, I feel like I need to take some control before it ends up too late. And I don't know what I meant by that now. Like, I feel like that's quite a quite a statement to say. Like, I don't know what I thought it was going to be too late for, but I just knew something had to change because I couldn't carry on the way I was. So I went to see him and kind of explained where I was at. And it just, like I say, just talking to someone who you think isn't judging you. And he had the, he was so relaxed, so calming. He had a real calming effect. And I, you know, I cried a lot the first few sessions for no real reason, just because I think it was like, built up inside of me and I cried a lot um and we kind of we got to although I had problems at that point in time it became apparent that these problems were caused by something that had obviously happened a long time ago and it was you know we had to get to the root cause of why I was happy to let people treat me the way they were treating me basically like why I didn't think I deserved more than what I was currently getting and it was really interesting. And, you know, it wasn't what I was expecting. He did a bit of CBT, which is cognitive behavioural therapy, which he kind of described as, you know, you've got stuff. He described it a bit like a desk at work. You've got stuff on your desk all the time. And sometimes those papers get put away and filed in the right places. Other times they stay on your desk and they don't get put away. And that's the same with your brain. Those issues are there and you keep going back to them because they're not filed away properly. So we did a lot of work on that. And we did some work on sort of life events that were either positive or negative. And we sort of went through and talked over them. And, and that was quite revealing as well, like things I hadn't thought about for years. There was a lot of issues still from like my first marriage, that breakup and a lot of feelings of failure around that. I think that I hadn't dealt with at the time. I was like, it's fine. You know, I didn't want to be with them anyway. It was, wasn't working. It's fine. Um, but there was a lot of issues there, which we talked about. And then we went back over those issues at the end I think of like session five and talked about how at the time we talked about how they affected me when I first went so I had to give them a number as to you know like how on a scale of one to ten how much did it affect me and then after we'd done the course of therapy we went back over the same things and I gave them another number and I think all of them were reduced some of them quite dramatically so it was it was amazing really like I left feeling like a different person 
you know, and he did, he, he sort of just, it was weird because I didn't need someone to tell me what to do. And he said, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Like, this is your life. I can give you advice, but ultimately it's your decision. But it just kind of put everything into perspective for me. And he was really good. He used some really good examples of what was happening in my life and how counsellors and, you know, like sociologists and psychologists would interpret that. And, you know, it it was so beneficial. And I can't, you know, I can't recommend it enough. You know, he's a lovely guy and he just, you know, he was brilliant. And it's like you say, it's daunting to start with. I was nervous before I went and I was thinking, God, he's going to think I'm really stupid or my problems are really stupid. Why am I wasting his time? But, you know, he never once made me feel like that. To pick up on what you said there, Lise, as well. And, you know, when I sort of share my kind of story, it's amazing how many things from years ago that you think you've yeah. dealt with are still there. And it's only through counselling those bits come out. And I remember sitting there thinking, why are you talking about this? I have no idea. Why are you referring back to when I was like a kid? One thing when I was little, it was an, and I bet my mum wouldn't even remember it now if I said to her, I don't know if she's here, but if I'd have said to her, do you remember that instance? She would have no recollection of it, but it stayed with me. And it it was sort of built around standing up for myself and what I believed in. And why I accept things the way I did. And she wouldn't have had any idea what she said had such an effect on me, but it came out and I was like, actually, you know, he's got a point here. Like, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I remember during uh, a counseling session of mine, um, a girl, Amy, I used to go and see, who's brilliant. Um, and she timelined, we did, we drew a little timeline of events in, um, yeah. in my life because I'd always had difficulty accepting I even needed help because I'd had a pretty perfect life. I had a great childhood, et cetera, et cetera. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't me that needed any support. I was fine. And there were no events. But when she actually, when we were, when it was all written down in, in timeline together, she just turned to me and said, that's an episode of EastEnders. Well, that's a series of EastEnders. <laughs> right um, but because you're in it, you don't see it. Um, but that has lasting damage and, and an effect on you. And that's exactly what you're describing there. It's, um, there's stuff happens. And, and to other people that it was happening to at the same time, might not have impacted at all. But you all, you know, we, we all have our bag of rocks um, and some are heavier than others. Yeah, we've all got scars um, and some people can't see them, can they? So, yeah, so that was kind of my experience with it. So let's hear from you, Collins. What was yours? Well, like I said to you guys before, I was in a lucky position where I kind of didn't have to look that far to get counselling because of Dorset Wiltshire Fire and Rescue. You know, it's a, they open the counselling up to any member of the fire service and your family. So if you're having problems, they literally put their arms around you. So I made a phone call. Within a week, I was seeing a counsellor. And that, again, is one of the reasons why we started the Brave and Determined Company, because I was so lucky with the gym, the belonging the community I had at the gym, and with the help I got instantly, I was in such a, like, better place to know that I was on the mend instantly. And that's why we started this, because we want to be able to give that those opportunities to people out there. What was it like? I mean, I was... I was just so broken by the time I got there because this had been going on for months and I just hadn't probably probably six months maybe I wasn't right and I just hadn't seen it for such a long time because of all these things that had built up and there was never like an explosion of this is one item that happened it was lots and lots of things that built up so by the time I I got to the actual the counselling rooms yeah I was broken so I, I remember going in there and it was like this tiny little square room with wood chip wallpaper and there was a few books and a box of tissues and I walked in thinking I ain't gonna need them am I <laughs> yeah, there's always tissues tissues and water I have never 
cried so much in my life. I literally sat there in front of her and sobbed my heart out. And Jackie from the counselling rooms just... I mean, she's fantastic at what she does. And she she kind of made me open up to things that I never thought were there. I mean, obviously, I was a bit anxious going into it, but not to the point where I couldn't go in. I knew I had to do it. I knew I had to... I knew there was a problem, so I knew I had to heal. Like you said, Harv, I remember coming out of the first session and she had talked about my childhood and said, oh, what about this and what about that? And like you say, Lise, it's those little things that probably no one knew happened, but they're still there for you. You know, I remember coming out of the, of the first session thinking, I don't even know if I need to do this. I don't even know if there's anything really wrong. I think I'm okay. And I remember talking to my wife through that week and I wasn't working at the time, which was one of the reasons why I was going through what I was going through because I'd basically not lost my job, but I'd had to leave my job, which I really loved. And I, I, it was a difficult situation. I I mean, we could do a whole series of podcasts about why I left that, that job. But anyway, you lose your identity when you, when you, when you leave a job, because the first thing people say is, what do you do, don't they? And when you don't do anything, you know, again, that's one of the reasons why I ended up there. I remember saying to my wife through the week whilst I wasn't working, I don't don't know if I need to go back. And she was like, really? And I was saying, yeah, you know, I think I'm okay. And she's kind of going down the wrong avenue. She's asking me about my childhood and stuff. And I, I don't, I don't think I really need to go back. And she was like, look, I think you should just go back. You know, this counseling is there. The people are, are reaching out for it and they haven't got the opportunities you have. You should really go and do this. And I was like, yeah, okay. I went back and oh, oh my God, I'm so glad I did because I had eight sessions there and it just opened up so many things that I didn't realize I hadn't dealt with. And your analogy, Lise, of the, the office desk with all the papers on it is the perfect analogy. You know, there's some of that stuff that never gets filed. And 30 years later, we come back to it and go, yeah, I really need to deal with that. And just talking to someone who's not going to judge you, who's not going to, you know, who's got no bias to your life because they know nothing about it. It's just you and that person. You can be totally honest with them because they're not going to judge. You say all this stuff and then they basically say, it's okay. You know, we all make mistakes. We're humans. We all say things we shouldn't do. We all do things we shouldn't do. Forgive the people that have treated you badly because they were only doing their best, you know, and try and work through all these problems. And, and kind of that's, that's how it went. And then the anxiety of going there disappeared. And I actually looked forward to the sessions, but I knew they were going to be tough. So I'd walk in knowing it's going to be a, a tough hour. I'd walk in thinking, right, that's how we left the last session. So this is probably what we're going to talk about this time. And it would be a curveball. And we wouldn't even talk about what we talked about last yeah. time. It would be something completely Yeah, different. you go in with a bit of like preparation, don't you? You think, oh, I must say that and I must say this. And then they don't ask about it because they don't, they've got what they need or, you know, they need something else. And, and I remember just thinking, coming out of like session four, thinking we were going to touch on what we did in session three and thinking, oh my God, that was like another thing that I didn't realise I, you know, I hadn't dealt with and I need to move forward on. I remember afterwards coming out and it felt, I was exhausted because you dig, you dig so deep. I was so tired when I'd come out and I'd sit in my car and it was the summer and the sun was shining and I'd sit there thinking, oh God, I'm knackered. I'm absolutely knackered after that. You know, I mean, I'm dehydrated because I've just lost like three litres of water <laughs> for one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was even, I was even getting upset about things that hadn't even happened yet. Like, you know, I want to be a good dad. 
And that's a really fearful thing that my kids are going to grow up and look back and think, dad, you got it wrong. And I remember saying that to her and she was saying, but it hasn't even happened yet. You know, you're worrying about stuff that hasn't even happened yet. But, and that is anxiety because you, you haven't seen it mapped out. So you're anxious about that situation. And I remember her saying to me, whatever you do, you your kids will look back and they'll remember something like you talked about, at least with your mum. Your kids will remember something that that unfortunately is probably going to screw them up. Even though we're doing our best as parents, we're going to get yeah. it wrong. We, we are totally going to get it wrong. And it's okay. It's okay to get it wrong. Keep doing your best and keep doing whatever you can do, you know, and it will be fine. And so that eight weeks experience for me was it was a life changer, was an absolute life changer. And if I could encourage anyone to, to go who thinks they need it, just go, man, just go and find that counsellor and find that almost a friend in the end and i and i've i've met jackie since so you guys both know that i've talked about it i went and met her in a pub and, and chatted to her and it was an eye-opener you know all the things i told her all the things and and i saw her and she was just like hey adam it's really great to see you and it was like god man it makes me feel emotional now you know like it was so it's such a journey you know i think it's like a good thing to remember like i had to a few times tell myself that this is their job like and that they deal with people with a lot it's not that you want to make your problems sound trivial because they're your problems like we said before your problems to you are the biggest thing in the world but people go to see them for all sorts of reasons don't they so like even though you go and you might be like scared to talk about what it is you're going to talk about it's nothing they haven't heard before or what do you know what I mean they've heard worse so you know you shouldn't ever feel like what's troubling you isn't worth going about because you know it is like we said, it's likely that it's something else. Definitely go sooner rather than later. Like I left it to a point where if I'd have gone a few weeks earlier, it would have made such a difference to what happened after the events. Do you know what I mean? Like looking back now, if I'd have gone and seen him earlier on, I would have been in a much better place to deal with the fallout of my relationship because I would have been like, this isn't serving me anymore. We need to call it a day. I feel like most of the things we do to improve or address our mental health actually happened too late in the process and we could all you know whatever it is could have done with doing it a bit sooner i mean to be honest an hour or a week for people that haven't got an issue or don't think they've got issues with a therapist would probably be a benefit you know if we all had that on tap it would be an amazing thing well that's that's what we're doing isn't it yeah exactly in the states people have a therapist like it's you know what i mean like a dentist don't they they go to a therapist but over here we've got like this massive kind of stigma about telling people i mean like i say like we said the other week i didn't tell hardly anyone i was going to see a counselor i think Lindsay was probably the only, Lindsay and russell the only people who knew because i didn't want to tell anyone else but now i can talk quite openly about it but like you say like in the states people have a therapist don't they and they go and see their therapist so i've read a book that's called maybe you should see someone and i can't remember the lady's name but she's a therapist and it's about her breakdown and how she went to another therapist and how mm. she felt really bad about it because she was like, I'm supposed to be on, you know, I'm supposed to be able to cope with this, but actually she needed therapy and she's a therapist. So you imagine being in that world where people are coming to you, you're working through their therapy, then you're going to see your therapist because you're totally broken. And least just for another point there, you love a name drop, don't you? Uh, that's not a bad one this week. I'm happy you can leave that one in. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because that's not, that's, you know. <laughs> we did have to do a slight edit last week, didn't we? <laughs> to just remove a few people's yeah, names. But yeah, no, you can leave that one in. I'm happy with that one. <laughs> cool. Right, let's go to the next question. So, Lise, 
The next question was from our lovely friend, Tom Belmont, Big B, Rabsy Nesbitt. Um, and <laughs> he's, he... <laughs> Rab, he's Rabsy Nesbitt because he, he's got a, a newfound love for vests. And he should be Rabsy Nesbitt. Yeah, it should Rabsy Nesbitt, yeah. And I think, I think the other thing we should just say is, thank you, you two, because that, that was a bit tough for me there. That was a little bit tough. Uh... <laughs> and thank you. Really well. Yeah, I think we all did well there. That was cool. Yeah, it's a bit emotional talking about that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was a great question. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, thank you, OG Charlie. So Tom wants to know, who are our heroes and why? And what are our biggest fears and how do we overcome them? I volunteer you to go first, Lise. Oh, OK. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> why? Because you want to hear how stupid my fears are. Well, because it's a really difficult question, isn't it? Like it is trying a to think question. of question. And it's a great question. And thanks, you know, Tom, for, for sending it in. How do you answer Yeah, we all that? kind of said the same. Like, I haven't necessarily... You know, some people have sporting heroes, don't they? And you can say, who's your hero? And they're like, they can reel off footballers or whatever. People who have, like, real heroes for them. But I don't really have that. I don't see them as so, heroes, though. People who play football are not a hero. They're just no, skilled at what they do. No, but some people, they are, aren't they? Like, you know, that's my hero. That's my idol, that kind of thing. So I've gone for someone who's inspirational. Nice. So you won't say that when you hear it. You can probably guess who it's going to be. Is it someone from JLS? No, I was going to put them in as a hero because they were my heroes. And people say never meet your heroes, but those guys are lovely. Beyonce. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, Beyonce. Because I think she is the most inspirational woman oh, of all ladies. time. Oh, the single ladies. Oh, the single... She's just incredible. <laughs> like, I would love to be. She's everything I want to be in life, Beyonce. Like, she's hardworking. She's... You know, she's a mum, she's a wife, she's a lover, she's not afraid of anything, she's not afraid of being sexy, she's not afraid of being honest, she works super hard, and like her, she did a Netflix programme when she did her Coachella performance, and just after she'd had her twins, and the way she worked, and how hard she worked to get back to be like stage ready for that was just incredible. And I just think she's really inspirational. Me and my sister would just say, like, when something happened, it'd be like, what would Beyonce do? So we'd be like, you know, <laughs> there's something wrong with life. Like, what would Beyonce do in this situation? And then it gives you like a little bit. I think she's like really empowering. So if you like roll, if you like roll your car and it's on its roof and you're sat in it, would you say, <laughs> what, hey, what does Beyonce do? I mean, she dreamed Jay-Z up and go, oi, my car's broken. And get him out, sort of out. And I, I appreciate, you know, she's probably got a lot of people behind the scenes who help her out. But I just think she is... She's amazing. And she does a lot of good work for charity as well. Harves, you look like you've got some comments there. No, I just I just was not expecting that. You were as well to be on So she's done some tunes, doesn't she? Like, let's face it, we can all relate to her songs. I mean, I'm not a fan of her music, but I admire <gasps> um, her achievements and you know, yeah. Oh my god. I think I can listen to her songs. Like I, I can relate it, I think, to like every single part of my life. One of her songs is like you can just relate. Maybe it's a woman thing, like you can just relate to the kind of relationship stuff. You said you had another one, Lise. Another one is my best friend, who I've already mentioned, Lindsay. Because she has, she's had, you know, if anyone in life, I know we all have our problems, but she has had the most, without going into too much detail, tragic, like testing few years over the last few years. But she has never once changed who she is. She's still, she's one of the most beautiful people inside and out that I've ever met before this happened. And I just don't, some days when it was all going on, I was like, I don't know how she's, I don't know how she's doing it. I don't know how she's carrying on. And she is just, she's amazing. And she wow. is my inspiration. She oh, is that just... is cool. That is a way better answer than, than Beyonce. Way better <laughs> than Beyonce. <laughs> and she's like, she's one of those, well, like she's always there for you. She's got her own problems, but she's always there. She never, you know, if you need anything, she's always there. She always listens. She's got amazing advice. And of your two heroes, 
Only one of them is likely to listen to the podcast, aren't they? Uh, yeah, Beyonce tunes in every week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lindsay sent the message, didn't she? I sent you the message she sent me. She said she was out for a walk and it made her like she was laughing at us. Oh, that's cool, man. In that's a nice cool. way, not in a horrible way. So, yes. But tag Beyonce in just in case she I'll does tag listen. Beyonce, you know. She might have she might have a spare 40 minutes or so to listen to us. And then what about your fears, Lee? <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. My fears, I've got I've got quite a few fears in life. The obvious one, spiders. I said it to you before, spiders, dogs. I'm afraid of dogs. I shouldn't say it because everyone loves dogs. And whenever you tell people they're afraid you're afraid of dogs, they look at you like you're mental and like you're afraid of dogs. But yeah, don't like dogs. Um, and I've got you know this bit here in your ear, which I probably shouldn't. Like where it attaches to your head. Yeah, your ear. I've got a massive fear of that being ripped. So I cannot bear anyone touching my ears. Because <laughs> I've got oh a really God. bad fear of this bit here, like being ripped away, away from my head. Have you got your ears pierced? No. Oh, what, because of that fear? Well, no, just, I think as a kid, I did have them pierced. And then I could never get the like earrings out and through. And they went all pussy and they crusted over. So I took them out. But I did have them pierced as a kid. But yeah, just this, like this little, I can't even touch it. It makes me go all like, like that bit ripping away from your head. Wow. That is, yeah, wow. Very specific. That is an eye opener, that one, Lise. Um, And I've got a fear of like talking to people on the phone. I hate that. Even though it's part of my job. I can't bear it. And we like voice note all the time. I know, but I've only started since we started doing it. But I can't make a phone call. Like I wouldn't, if people ring me, I wait till it finishes and text them and say, what do you want? I can't, I literally hate talking to people on the phone. Oh, wow. This is all right. Cause I can see, I just, it's just that whole like talking at the same time. I can't hear very well. So I don't hear what they say. And it just spills. If someone at work says, can you ring so-and-so? I'm like, I'll send them an email instead. And I just email them without even. <laughs> so it, just kind of, it fills me with dread. This is amazing. This is such a cool thing that we like. We talk about this stuff because I would never have known that you were scared of. I don't even know what that's called. The the bit of skin between your head and your earlobe, <laughs> like ripping. And then a serious one. God, you've you know, got quite a few, Lise. You got. A I've list got lots of fears. Yeah, this is why I'm so anxious. In my life. And my serious fear is ending up or dying alone. Oh bless you, God! That's, that's but I try and get over that. So Tom asked how we get over that. I try and get over that by thinking this is going to sound really sad and morbid. But there are plenty of people out there who are in like loving relationships and marriages, and things happen early on in life, and they're not with you know whether they pass away or whatever, and they on they end up on their own through no fault of their own. Do you know what I mean? And I just and I want to kind of find that love, like not settle. That's another thing that came out in the council. And I, I do tend to settle for things that are less than what I deserve. So I want to kind of like make sure I reach my full potential in life. Oh, well done, Lise. That was, um, that was a roller coaster. It's never a dull moment with me in life. I don't know why, you know, I don't know why people don't put up with me for much longer than they do. This is why we love you so much, Lise, because we just <laughs> never know what you're going to bring to the table. Come on and halves. What about you? Biggest hero? Yeah, I mean, again, similar to you guys, I don't, I don't really have any heroes. Um, I have people I, I respect and I admire, apart from Banana Man. But you know, it's about he's the only kind of Marvel dude that I like. Banana Man? I don't think he's in Marvel. Eric, I don't really know much about films. He's a, a Banana Man's not on a film, is he? That was just kids' he's TV. A cartoon. Yeah. Well, he should be. He should. That be. was he was um <laughs> six, 69 Acacia Road, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. Wow, yeah, I used to love Banana Man, but he should be there with Captain um, Captain Planet and all the others. Anyway, 
<laughs> I don't think there's a Captain Planet, but anyway, <laughs> move on, move on. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so like I said, I don't really have any heroes. So um, the people I admire, I mean, we, we mentioned one earlier when we talked about Bell Babe, Deborah James. That's one you know came straight to mind when I was thinking about people that I admire and that are inspirational. Like I mentioned earlier, I've, I've been married for 11 years, so I admire my wife greatly, and uh, she is inspirational. Just admire those sort of people. No no heroes as such. And obviously you two, you know, got a lot of admiration. Uh, and... Oh, God, I sound really shallow now, don't I, Sam Beyonce? No, I'd also <laughs> like to point out that my family have just got back. When I mentioned the people that I uh, admire and inspire me, they've been in front of the computer waving to get my attention to mention. Uh, Without doubt, my children, uh, Amelia, are inspirational. That's really cool. That's, uh, that's it. No heroes as such. What about fears? What's your biggest fear? Well, a bit like least, I find it easier to list things I'm, I'm fearful of than I am uh, that inspire me. So, it, you know, the usual being, like you mentioned you mentioned earlier, you know, thinking you're going to be a bad dad or, or you know, the world that we're bringing our children up in is, is quite a scary one. And there's all those real, real fears that you just have to put to one side, really, and otherwise you never get anything done in life. So beyond that, cows. Cows? You don't like cows, yeah. And um, A cow can kill you. Exactly, Lise, exactly. Yeah, but a set of stairs can kill you, but you're scared <laughs> of them. Yeah, but you don't get chased across the field by a set of stairs, do you? I mean... <laughs> Do you drink milk or are you scared of milk? No, I love milk. I love milk. But I don't associate that directly with you know, with, with the cow. I think um, they've got very small brains and very big bodies. And I think that's not a very good combination. <laughs> Dangerous. You've got a point. Yeah. And if I'm out for a jog or something and I run up to it and go head towards the field with cows in, I'm, I'm double. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going through that field. So there's that. There's um, false fingernails, you know, when they're not attached. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, like really long false fingernails? Yeah. I mean, I don't, you don't see them so much these days, but back in the day, and when they weren't attached, if they were just on the side, or oh, they would just creep me out. Or, oh, I don't, I really don't know that. And um, the other thing as well is roast parsnips. <laughs> roast, you're scared of roast parsnips? When they masquerade as potatoes. What, and you don't know what you're getting? So you think you're going to have a roast potato, and it's a parsnip. Uh, and that is just, I mean, that's just devastating. That's a game changer, isn't it? You, I mean, honestly, you just want to pick the plate up and throw it out the window when that happens. That's the fear I, I live every Sunday afternoon, really, that kind of jeopardy when I've, I've put my fork in and I'm not really sure what it is I'm going to bite and I, I can't stand parsnips and I love potatoes. So it's a real it's a real challenge. Is it worth just not putting parsnips on your plate so then you know the angle? Oh, yeah, yeah, Sometimes the parsnips can be in the, in the thing with the potatoes. Yeah, they can. They yeah, need to be in right. a separate dish. They try really hard to look like potatoes sometimes so that that's a real real concern of mine as well so yeah cows false nails and parsnips that masquerade as potatoes the the nails one i'm completely with you on it and especially when if they're still attached and they're pointy you know that scares me because i imagine that i imagine them touching my skin the pointing and it freaks me out it makes yeah. me better <laughs> Freaks me out, yeah. But that isn't on my list, actually. <laughs> but I could oh, add... Good. So my heroes, again, I struggle with this one because I think there's idols and there's heroes. So if you ask me who my idols are, and you, this is a bit controversial, but Lance Armstrong is one of my idols. I know he's a massive, like, massive cheat. Drug cheat, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, he was like, when everyone was on it, I just cheated better than everyone else. And to be fair to him, you know, everyone was on the, on the gear, weren't they? He is one of my idols. I mean, seven times winning the Tour de France. And I don't know if you guys ever follow the Tour, but it is one of the hardest sporting events ever. You know, and and he won it seven times. Yeah, okay, he cheated. But everyone was on the gear. They're all doing it. <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? He just did it better than anyone else. So yeah, the sport was uh, was ravished by it. Yeah, and it pr- it probably still is now, to be honest. But you know, I still watch it. I still love the tour. And then the other the other idol I've got, sporting idol, was Valentino Rossi because he is just so I was I'm the same age as him, and I watched him go through one two fives, two fifties, five hundreds on the MotoGP, and he's the doctor, you know, and he is a massive idol for me. But he's not a hero. Because he's just good at what he does. The same as Lance Armstrong was good at taking drugs and riding a bike. <laughs> he can't be a hero, can he? So when we talk about heroes, for me, one of them I've written down is Babe. You know, she is absolutely inspirational hero for me. Like, look at what she's done. She's a normal person. She was a teacher in 2016, just living her normal life. And look where she is now. And I know, you know, it's a, it's a, a sad end for her and her family and my heart goes out to all of them but look at what she's achieved and what she'll leave behind as well exactly a legacy and that's what we all want to do don't we we'd love to leave the world with a bit of a stamp from us saying this is what we did so she's one of them i think every everyone who works for the nhs who got us through that pandemic is a hero everyone who who went to work on those covid wards and did what they got to do they're absolute heroes every single parent who's out there bringing their children up with not a lot of support is a hero in my eyes and lots of the guys who are in guys and girls who are in the military who who are out there fighting to keep our country safe and doing things we don't even know about again massive heroes for me so yeah that's my heroes really and then my fears i've kind of got two real big fears so one of them is heights i hate heights. that's interesting because the obvious question and i know you don't like to talk about it I know where we're going here. You are a firefighter. And, you know, some could say that makes you a hero. Some would say that. I'm not saying that. But anyway, <laughs> ladders. Yeah. Surely, you know. Big buildings, like two buildings. The other day you were on a roof. Yes. So what I've worked out right is I hide behind the uniform. So before I started in the fire service, I, I wanted to be a, fire, a firefighter since I was five years old. Do you know what I mean? Wearing a fake fire hat, running around the garden pretending to be a firefighter then i get an opportunity to join and i think do you know i'd love to do that but i'm absolutely scared of going up the ladder and being at height and i said that to him i said look i think i can do everything but i'm not cool with heights and they were like look don't worry it's fine and I, i walked up the ladder and i was really all right and i swear it's you hide behind the uniform because when i got that uniform on you kind of feel a bit untouchable so i can go up a ladder transfer across onto a roof go up onto a chimney stack and i'm fine don't even contemplate being scared but if i've got to do that at home with a pair of jeans on and a t-shirt it freaks me out how weird and i suppose it would look a bit weird if you were at home and you were doing something you know putting i don't know a window box up upstairs and you you had to go and get in all your fireman gear yeah to, to do that get up the ladder it would be a bit weird another fear i've got is a fear of dying too early. Oh, wow. So I have got so many plans in my life that I want to, things I want to do that I want to achieve that I need to live to at least 80 to give me enough time to get all of those things in. Like I've got European tours, I'm a motorbike planned. I've got, I want to buy a camper and go all over the world. You know, there's all these things I want to do. And if I don't live until I'm 80, I won't be able to achieve it. And my biggest fear is dying too early. Oh. Wow. But, you know, I'm trying to do things, you know, Tom said on there, you know, what do we do to, you know, try and face those fears? And one of the things I do is I don't smoke anymore. I gave that up when I was 27. I don't drink anymore. I try and eat healthy. I try and exercise. I try and keep, you know, a steady mental health state, trying to make it okay. So uh, that I will get to 80. 
I mean, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow, but who knows? Yeah, I was going to say, do you not believe, like, that's another podcast topic of conversation, but like a bit of fate, like when your time's up, your time's up. But then if you thought that, well, I could die tomorrow, then I'd just be in, you know, McDonald's all the time and watching the telly. Or just be like, oh my God, I'm not going out anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I feel like I'm gonna to die today. But there, there are people who bless them who are actually feeling like that. And if there are, I would say go and you know reach out and get some counselling. So yeah, that's uh, that's me. That's me done. I feel a bit shallow with my. Obviously, I would add my mum and dad into that mix because obviously they battled through quite a lot in their lives and more recently. Yeah, well done, Lee. You still said Beyonce first. Yeah, you still <laughs> top of your list was Beyonce. My dad won't listen, so you know. <laughs> He got a mention just as we're like yes. getting to the end of the pod. Oh, yeah, my parents. Right, we better wrap it up there. So let's reach out to people and say if you've got any questions, because I'm really enjoying the questions coming in. It's given us a really good... Yeah, me too. Yeah, good, a good thing to, to talk about. So if there are any questions... Yeah, and I will... I will sorry, I had to interrupt there, but um, we do want questions. And you did say in an earlier episode you, you will answer anything. So I just want those questions. And that is directly specific, directed specifically at you, because I won't answer anything, but you will. So, yeah. I've caveated that and I said we will answer any question we as the yeah well I'm gonna um I'm gonna uncaveat that and say that I won't answer any question but you will without a doubt yeah but you, you can't uncaveat something that's been caveated so unfortunately that doesn't stand <laughs> it's uncaveatable <laughs> well, then I'll, I'll, I'll over caveat it <laughs> but I've already caveated it I'll read caveat. That's enough caveat. <laughs> we'll answer anything. Yeah, I can't even say the word anymore because I've said it so many times. <laughs> but yeah, send us any question, any question you want, whether it's serious, funny, whatever, mental health related, funny related, send us your questions. The Brave and Determined Company at gmail.com. So cool. Thanks, guys, for tonight. It was really, really great. It was um, a good insight. And I'm getting to know you guys even better than I already do. And it did get a bit deep in there. So, you know, thanks very much. It was really cool. And here's Beyonce to play us out. <laughs> Do you know, if I could get away with doing that and not get done on, like, the uh, the rights to play it, I would actually put... What would, what's your one go-to Beyonce song? Oh, I mean, I love a bit of Crazy in Love. Oh, yeah. I would say a single... La- the one that says sing- all the single ladies. Oh, that single ladies, yeah. Or Irreplaceable. Sing us out, at least. Sing us out, ready? The world does not need to hear that. No, I can't. Look, I'm going red already. I'm not even started. Right, let's count you down, Lisa, and you're going to come in with a song. Ready? No. Five, four, <laughs> three, it. two, one, go. To the left, to the left, everything you own in a box to the left. Oh, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Look <laughs> red I am. Oh, yeah, but bless you. That was really... Uh, and on that bombshell. <laughs> thanks, guys. See you, de- see you soon. Bye. Bye.